0: And thanks everybody for joining us today to have a look at the difference between coaching and mentoring. And the reason that this session came up is because, as Sarah said in the last session that I I had the privilege to facilitate, we started kind of talking about what is the difference between coaching and mentoring. So I offered to um, run a session on the differences between coaching and mentoring. And then also with coaching, to give an overview of a coaching model that I found to be really useful just in everyday, day-to-day conversations. And so um, as as Sarah said, my background is in in health and safety, obviously. So I I head up the mentoring committee of the Australian Institute of Health and Safety Mentoring Committee. So I'm I'm a a fellow, and uh, so I head up the, the fellows mentoring program. And I also work as a developmental coach so I'm kind of used to um, juggling what is coaching and what is mentoring. And of course, as the as the heading up the mentoring program for the Institute, um, I need to be really clear about mentor, what mentoring is. And also well, we've run a few sessions on what is mentoring for those people involved. So um, I'm, I feel privileged today to be here with you to talk about the differences between them and uh, to explore a coaching model. So that's what our focus will be today. And so firstly, I'd just like to start off, and as Sarah said, I'm I'm curious to hear. Um, I am not, uh, I haven't been able to work out how to actually see the chat. So Sarah's been lovely enough to read that out for me. And so I'm just going to start us into firstly having a look at uh, mentoring. And uh, I want to just start out with uh, mentoring, and then we'll move to coaching, and then we'll move to the coaching framework. So I'm curious to hear from you, and, and there's no right or wrong here. I want to share some ideas in the chat, um, what you believe is mentoring. So let's start off with mentoring. And so if you'd like to put in the chat there uh, what, what you view is mentoring, uh, Sarah's going to read them out so we can, uh, I can hear them. We'll see them.
1: Thanks, Sarah.: All right. Um, Louisa said, sharing your experience and knowledge. Um, and there's not an, any more comments just yet, but people are probably typing.
0: Yeah, and um, Sarah, you know what? I just worked out how to do it so I can see the chat room. Woohoo! I am so good at this now! Yeah!
1: Okay, maybe you can read Trevor's comments. Yeah,
0: thank you. So thanks, Trevor. So providing guidance, high level teaching principles, yep, guiding other staff through your experiences and knowledge, definitely. Guiding with language, leading by example, being open to discussions about how to approach tasks. Yep, fantastic. Yeah. Anyone else? Yep. Uh, by displaying your behaviors, your professionalism, your integrity. Definitely. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, so I'll just open, wait for one or two more other people if you'd like to just add in there what mentoring is for you. All right, good. So that's mentoring. And so I just, and now what I'm going to ask you to write in there. So this is mentoring. So it's about guidance, about being a role model, about sharing your belief systems, about your experiences, your knowledge, your professional, your professionalism and integrity. So that's the mentoring side of things. So now I just want to touch into the coaching side of things because they are they're different. And I just want to bring the difference out. between what's mentoring and what's coaching, and I recall years ago when I was challenged the first time somebody says to me, "Well, you're not you're not talking about mentoring, you're talking about coaching." I'm like, "There's no difference between them," but of course, you know, nearly two decades later, um, I can actually see the differences, feel the differences between them. So that's all mentoring. So I'd like to hear from people, in your opinion, what's what's coaching. So what's coaching? And I'm, that's again, if you can. Conversing with someone to get their own answers and figure out their own direction is fantastic. Thanks, Louise. Anyone else like to add in their um, thoughts around what is coaching as opposed to mentoring? Just give it a moment, see if we've got anybody else adding in there. Providing direction on how to achieve a specific task so we can be coaching around a specific task, yep. It can be a teaching role, visibly encouraging. Okay, thanks,
1: Diana. Anyone else like to add their thoughts around what is coaching?
0: Okay, and continual uh, growth development, great, fantastic. And that's why we call it developmental coaching. Fantastic, thank you, thank you all for that. I really appreciate it. And the reason that I've asked that question to begin with is, I want to just draw our attention to the fact that there is a difference between coaching and mentoring. And of course, in our roles, no matter what role you've got, um, we will be undertaking lots of different conversations with people in lots of different roles. So sometimes we will take a mentoring approach and other times we will take a coaching approach. And so we need to have the flexibility across both. But in addition to those, we will also have a number of other elements that we will be utilizing in our role. So if we have a look at some of the different kinds of roles that we can play, and then we'll just hone in on mentoring and coaching. So as somebody said, coaching is facilitating. And essentially when we are coaching, uh, we we are very, very clear that the person that we are coaching, we see them as the expert of them. And so coaching is very much facilitating for effective performance. And the way we do that is through asking excellent questions. So really holding back because we probably have the knowledge, we probably have the experience, we probably kind of have some idea of what would be the best um, actions for them to take. Uh, But that's not coaching. So coaching is very much about asking great questions, giving people feedback about what you've observed, and creating space for the other person to explore their question from a greater perspective. So coaching is about helping a person to step out and have a look at a situation from a broader perspective and then perhaps be able to identify different ways of approaching that situation. Then we've got mentoring. And mentoring, as people have said in the chat, mentoring is about giving advice, giving guidance sharing your own personal story, sharing your wisdom within the context of the person's area of development. So the real key to mentoring is being able to distill down all our knowledge and all our wisdom and bring it to the point which is going to be helpful for the person that we are mentoring from their perspective. So both coaching and mentoring is really working um, with the other person from their perspective so they're the two we're going to focus on today these two are different Um, sometimes we may be involved especially in our role in health and safety we may be involved in training so essentially when we are training people we're saying to people "Well, what skill do you need what skill do you develop and we're going to actually train them um, in doing something new in performing a new skill Now, sometimes mentoring and coaching might be a part of that, but training is really showing someone, this is how you do X, Y, Z. Consulting is again, we are the expert. We're giving expert advice to someone in an area that they may not have expertise in. And counselling of course is when we are counselling someone about a particular area of concern. And so we are the expert, if you like, in how to help a person solve a particular problem. So, of course, they all merge into one, you know, into they kind of merge into the other. But a really important point I want to make when we have a look at all these different roles that we could play within a minute, sometimes, like the Melbourne weather can change at a drop of a hat, is to be conscious about which of these roles is going to be the most useful to that person in this situation. Uh, So we need to be flexible across all the different roles, be conscious about which one we're using and for what reason, and what is gonna be the most helpful to that person in that situation. We may start off mentoring somebody and then kind of halfway through the conversation, we might realize, you know what, this person needs training. They need a lot more than mentorship. They actually need to be trained in how to do something. And so it's being able to have that awareness as well around um, is this what's required in this situation? And the other important thing is to not get caught in utilizing just one of them. And uh, I had a situation where I was um, training an organization in how to have coaching conversations, which I'm gonna touch lightly into today. And um, the head of safety got really, really excited about coaching. And so, um, and so what happened after that is every time they had a conversation with someone, they would go into coaching mode. And so what happened in the end was their, their team rang me and they said, Deb, you've got to stop them from coaching us all the time. When we ring them and we ask them, what are, what are our targets? We don't want him to coach us. We want him just to tell us. And so he got really, really stuck in that, all that coaching mode, which is a lovely way to be, but it's not going to be helpful in some situations. So bring in awareness, am I using the right one? Is the right fit for this conversation? And uh, don't get stuck. So let's have a look at mentoring um, to start off with and some key skills in mentoring. As we go along, it'd be great if you've got anything that you'd like to put in the chat um, box, please do. I don't have it open anymore, but oh, there we go. There's my technical capability out the window. Uh, So um, I'll just ask, uh, Sarah, let me know if there's something in the chat that I need to know about. So let's have a look at um, a deeper definition of mentoring. And so this is something that I've really kind of been looking into over the last four or well, since I've been involved in the mentoring program. And uh, I really liked this picture when I saw it because essentially when we're mentoring and also when we're coaching, we are forwarding the process of human learning. And, uh, and we're doing that as a silent dance partner to help the person um, uh, develop through mentoring their own learning agenda and their own learning arena. And so what that means is when we, when we take on the role of a mentor, um, whether it's a formal role as in being a formal mentor in an organization or a mentoring program, or if it's an informal role, so somebody might come and ask you to to work with them as their mentor, then it's very much about starting where that person is and and working out with them what it is that they would like to achieve as a result of being mentored. So what's their outcome? What's the intention? Because what I've found is if people are not really clear about what their intention is for mentoring, whether you're the mentor or the mentee, uh, things can get a bit messy. And so it's really important to uh, make sure that uh, we have some parameters in place in order to have an effective mentoring relationship. So, if we have a look at how do we make mentoring successful? Now, normally, if we were doing a normal Zoom meeting, I would ask you. Uh, what your thoughts are when it comes to making mentoring successful. We don't have that time. And that's not what we're doing here today. So I'm just going to give you my thoughts, mentor you in what I think makes it a success. And so essentially um, number one, whether you're coaching or mentoring, but especially in mentoring, making sure that the goal or the goals for the mentoring relationship are clear, that there are clear outcomes. And as we talked about earlier, um, one of the key things about being a great mentor is uh, helping the person that you're mentoring to gain clarity around what it is they'd like from you as a mentor, because you've got so much to offer if they're not clear about what it is that they want. um, They may then feel at the end of it like, ah, it's not really what I was looking for. Uh, So let's, let's be clear up front what it is that, that the, the mentee would like to achieve. And then that way you'll also know whether you've got what it is that they need. Uh, they might be asking you for one thing, you may not have the wisdom or the knowledge in that area. So set some clear outcomes. Um, the other thing too, that we've uh, found, especially as part of being in the mentoring group, the mentoring committee is timeframes. <clears throat> timeframes firstly for the length of the relationship if it's a formal relationship so uh, what's the time frame that you're going to work as a mentor and a mentee Um, and then what's the time frames for the person to achieve whatever it is that they'd like to achieve and there might be the time frame big picture and also the time frame and with some key milestones that both both recognize so it's just that both people are aware of Um, what the timeframes actually are because then of course the what you the structures you put within that will help the person to attain that. Another one to be clear about is how often are you going to meet again if it's formal or informal um, is it going to be once a week once a fortnight once a month once a quarter and how are we going to connect and so again just being really clear about that and you might choose more than one way of connecting, obviously, but again, it's being really clear about, you know, how are you going to connect? The other key one that um, that we found is really important is to um, be clear about what the expectations are. So, what when a mentee comes to you and asks you to mentor them, um, what is their expectation of you? Is it do they want you to give them advice? to let them know about your experience, to introduce you to some people, to introduce them to some people. So what is their expectation of you as a mentor? And then for you to be clear about what is your expectation of them as a mentee? And again, um, not only during the meetings that you might have uh, for, the, for the mentoring process, but also in between time. So being clear about those expectations. And of course, if you can document these kind of um, Uh, outcomes and agreements then that also makes it uh, easier to come back to them if you need to Um, and another one that we have also um, uh, really become aware of through the mentoring program is um, what are we what are we going to agree to if if one of us doesn't meet the expectation so what's what's the process going to be how are we going to approach it how are we going to uh, start that conversation because I have been I've have helped people who are in a mentoring situation it's not going well but they really don't know how to start that conversation and so if we have an agreement up front about how are we going to have that conversation then you can start the conversation with you know that agreement we had up front about if the expectations are not being met it gives you an in into that sometimes difficult conversation So they're they're the the kind of big, big picture ideas around um, uh, what uh, what makes a mentoring relationship successful. And then if we go into um, goal setting itself, it's important to set concrete goals. And so um, in terms of goal setting, it's important of course, that we encourage the mentees to take charge of setting the pace and um, and also the direction that they they want to go in, and so asking them when when you're setting goals. So um, what? Uh, so the kind of questions that we can ask when we when we're setting goals are these kind of things. So asking them, so putting them in charge, even though you're the one with the wisdom and the knowledge, and they're coming to you for that. Uh, again, we talked about role modeling. So role modeling for them how to take charge of their development, for them to be clear about what it is that they want. And so the conversation around goal setting is very much about asking them, okay, so if we agree and I agree to be a mentor for you, then um, what, is it, what is it you'd like to achieve through this? Is it competency development? Is it career advancement? Do you wanna create more leadership skills for yourself? Is there a particular area that you're interested in learning about? So you might give them a little bit of a shopping list to go through if they're not quite sure. Now, it's wonderful when a mentee comes to you and says, I really want to learn about X. That makes it easy. But they sometimes a person just knows they need something, but they're not clear about what it is. So sometimes you might need to provide them with a bit of a shopping list. Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? And until you're really clear about what the goals are, um, it's difficult to move on. Um, even if you just set them and then you might ma- massage them as you go, that's fine, but having some clarity up front really helps. The question to ask your mentee also is how will you know when you've reached these goals? So, how will you know that? And because some, some people say, Well, I really want X. And when you ask them, well, how do you re- how will you know that you've got this? That helps them to be a lot clearer and uh, in their own mind, knowing what it is that they want. So how will you know that you've reached these goals is um, a really important question to ask. And then another great question, just to start the the mentoring relationship and bring some focus into what you might work on together is asking them about, well, as we are moving toward this goal, um, what what challenges do you think might come up for you? And and then and so kind of like being the, the, the um, devil's advocate, if you like. So what, what might happen? What might get in your way? What might stop you from progressing? Um, what challenges do you think will come in your way? And then that way, again, you are preempting what could get in the way um, and making a plan for that as well. So really setting goals with the person and making sure that they're clear can help the pathway of the mentoring relationship. And the other nice thing to think about is um, and you can either disclose this to the to the person you're mentoring or not but is also to think about yourself as the mentor and ask yourself the question and, and take some time to reflect on um, well, what are your goals you know uh, what are your personal goals uh, for being a mentor uh, so beyond of course the rewards of helping someone shape their career or shape their profession or shape themselves and their growth. um, Is there anything for you that you would like to develop within yourself um, uh, from the mentoring relationship? Um, are Are you seeking greater awareness? Are you looking for your own personal development in some way? Are you working on your communication skills? So really um, being clear in your own mind or or having some time to reflect on, okay, so what would I like to um, achieve as a result of being a mentor uh, in this relationship? So we've looked at um, what what is a mentor. We've looked at the bigger picture, what makes mentoring successful. We've looked at some goal setting questions. Um, And then of course, um, at the completion of the mentoring relationship, it then, um, it's a good idea to have a way of closing the mentoring relationship off. Uh, now, sometimes it could be you close it off and then you decide that you might check in with each other on a regular basis. Um, but it's nice also to have a closure, rela- a, a closure meeting and really uh, talk about and, and summarize um, what was achieved, um, how was it achieved, what was the relationship like? And so to have a completion meeting, with the person that you're mentoring. And so if we have a look at some completion questions, uh, one that I really like to ask is, what did you do that surprised yourself? Um, Because the thing about humans, of course, is that we are generally, we're negatively biased. And uh, generally, generally we will forget all the great things that we've done and we'll focus on the things that we didn't do or the things that um, didn't go so well. So one of the people that I'm coaching at the moment, uh, when I asked them um, what something meant for them, so they're working on getting really, really organised for meetings, they're doing such a great job in that, like they're really doing the work and practising. And when I asked them um, so what has that meant for them to be more organised around attending meetings, they went in, well, they said, I don't stuff up anymore and I don't make mistakes anymore and I don't waste time anymore. And I'm like, that's one of the things you don't do. What about what you do do? And so it's really nice as a mentor to help people to count the things that they do well, because usually we discount that, we forget that, and we foreground all the things that we didn't do or didn't do well. So a great completion question to help a person really integrate their learning through the mentoring relationship is to ask them, well, what did you do that surprised yourself? And so it just helps for them to measure the fact that they've, they've done some learning. Um, And then really exploring what was their greatest block. So what was the thing that they came up against that they felt really blocked about or blocked in terms of going forward and exploring how did they overcome that? What did they learn from going through, over, under, around that block? And also what was their greatest breakthrough? And again, really counting um, the things that have uh, gone well for them in the mentoring relationship. And it doesn't have to be, when I say greatest, it doesn't have to be this big shazam thing, you know, dah, no, you know, never make a mistake again. It's not really that, it's just those, sometimes those little breakthroughs, those little aha moments where we finally go, right, if I'd put in my diary, 20 minutes development time prior to a meeting, that meeting would have gone so well. So it's a little thing, but it can be quite a breakthrough. So asking them to count those breakthroughs. Um, and again, doing some reflection, bring some awareness in terms of, um, you know what were some of the significant turning points for you? So as we're going down this path and we're going into this direction, what was the significant turning point for you? Um, another one is again, to build on the things that they find out about themselves. And so in the completion questions, asking them, well, what new strengths have you got? What new qualities have you developed? What did you discover about yourself that now you can utilize um, on an ongoing basis? So again, counting the things that they have developed, not letting them go. Um, A big one too uh, is, uh, what and how will you celebrate your achievements? Because sometimes we get somewhere and then there's just no celebration. Now, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, break out the champagne and have a big party, but it's really just how how are you going to acknowledge? How are you going to celebrate you in achieving that particular thing that you achieved? And it might just be, I'm going to take myself out for a coffee. I'm going to give myself an hour's lunch break today. I'm going to sit under a tree and read a book for half an hour. So it doesn't have to be a big thing, but really celebration and exploration. And then another good question for you to get feedback about yourself as a mentor and for them to have an opportunity to give you feedback as well is to ask them, uh, where your expectations of the mentoring process met? And again, opening up that question around and being, you know, uh, framing it up front to let them know that this is a learning process for you as well as a mentor. And so, um, you know, just giving some space and being confident in being able to ask this question, uh, were your expectations met? Now, if you uh, have had um, an effective mentoring relationship with them as you go along, this should be no surprise. But it just gives uh, a bit of an opportunity for the mentee to go, well, yeah, they were, and then to give you some specific feedback in uh, and about yourself as a mentor. And so we can complete the relationship Um, And as I said, you might then touch base with each other on a regular basis, but the formal aspect, the outcomes have been achieved, the timeframes have been met, and this is a nice way of wrapping it up. So that's what I'd like to um, cover when it comes to mentoring. So I'm just going to ask uh, if if anyone's got any questions or comments, uh, feel free to ask them now or comment now. And once again I've lost the chat box. So Sarah, if you wouldn't mind letting me know if anyone does that, that'd be good.
1: Can't find it. It magically appears when you wave your mouse wand somehow.
0: Oh, wish I had one of those wands. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I will read it.
0: Thank you. Sorry, Sarah.
1: Um, But there's no questions at the moment. Right. Okay. Thank you.
0: So then let's uh, move into coaching. And um, so if we have a look at uh, what is coaching. And so the main difference between coaching and um, mentoring, the fundamental difference is, that we see when we're coaching that their relationship is equal. And so when we're mentoring somebody, um, we as the mentor, uh, it, it's, it, it's seen that we have the wisdom or the knowledge or the experience or the connections or whatever it is that the person who comes and asks or whoever we create that relationship with, um, people come to us for, for that particular thing. In coaching, however, Coaching is very different because we are truly the silent partner, the dance partner in coaching. So as a coach, our our role is to um, work with the other person and facilitate effective performance for them in an area where they would like some development. And we do this in coaching through a, a number of ways. Key way of coaching is through questioning and questioning in a, in a skillful way. Uh, so the questions are aimed, as I said earlier, the questions are aimed at really helping the person to increase their perspective uh, of what is happening. Because as we know, when a person uh, is faced with an issue that they just, they don't know what to do with, um, they're not quite sure how to handle it, They can just become like tunnel vision and they only see this much of of the issue. And so through questions as a coach, we're helping a person to kind of step back out of the situation to open up broader perspectives so they can have a look at the situation through questioning um, from their own perspective. So a, a step back and a look at from their own perspective. We also can ask them to have a look at it from whoever else's involved perspective through great questions. We can do that as well. We can also encourage them through questions to kind of step out from like a third party perspective. So fly on the wall perspective, through questions asking them, look, if you were to step out and have a look at this situation from a fly on the wall perspective, um, how would that change things? And then also we can ask them to step out even broader and bring it right out and say, look, if we were to like step out and look at it from a worldview perspective, um, how might that change things for you? So through great questions, we can ask people to and invite, encourage people to broaden their perspective of the actual issue itself through questions. The other way we work as a coach is through giving feedback and so, and so, when I when I'm talking about feedback in the coaching perspective, it's feedback is really being able to give people uh, some feedback about patterns that you might have noticed. And patterns might be in their behaviour, <coughs> might be in their language, it might be in their gestures. and so um being, so being able to give feedback about a pattern, again, allows a person to bring a perspective to something that they might not have been aware of before. So it might be that um, if you ask a person, so for instance, um, I was coaching someone about stepping up into a leadership role. And I asked that person, um, so what does uh, being a leader mean for them? So what's their beliefs around being a leader? And they said, well, they believe that Uh, you know, he was too young to be a leader, that he needed more experience to be a leader, that, um, you know, there were other people that were better off, you know, doing the job. And so he gave me all of these kind of answers to the question about what he believed being a leader was. And so I was able to give him some feedback about his beliefs. And so I gently offered him the feedback. And I said, um, I just want to let you know that these are the ways that you describe leaders Um, And so that was the feedback. And so, and then I asked him the question, if you hold these beliefs about leadership, is this going to support you in becoming a leader? How will this support you in becoming a leader? And so he kind of sat back and went, wow, I didn't actually, I never thought about uh, the way that I've seen leaders before and how that might impact the way I'm showing up as a leader. So just by giving feedback on the patterns that I heard, uh, from what he said, gave him some insight into how he might be undermining himself as a leader and stepping up to the plate as a new leader. And so, um, so that was really helpful for him. So, uh, so when I say feedback, we don't give feedback as a coach. That's a good job, well done, well done, you. Oh, geez, I wouldn't have done that if I were you. So that's that's not feedback that we'd be giving as a coach. The feedback is about the patterns, about what we see. Hear and feel uh, about the person that we're coaching. So it's all about them, and it's not about our opinions on something. The problem as a coach, if you give people feedback, if you say to people, "Oh, that's a really good, well done, excellent work," the way a brain generally works is, "Oh, okay, uh, that are pleased with that. They think it's good." And so you're going to skew the information that the person's going to start giving you because they they will kind of want to seek approval and so um, when I'm talking about feedback it's feedback about patterns and the thing about coaching that the whole idea about coaching is that we um, we want to be able to operate with that person uh, from the perspective of how they map their world and how they run their brain so a coach as, a, as when you're in a coaching kind of conversation we're really putting all of our own kind of thoughts and values and uh, thinking to one side it's very quiet in here and uh, it's got to be quiet in here because we're listening for the other person um, as opposed to listening to because listening to is kind of one-dimensional they're talking kind of listening listening for is listening for their patterns listening for um the 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 change in tonality the use of the same word over and over again the use of descriptions that may not be helpful for them and you can see the little picture down here in the corner the reason i love this picture because as a coach often what happens is a person will come to you and they go oh my god i got all these problems the whole world is terrible and my whole life is falling apart and so if you can see like um, that's what's kind of happening in most people's minds at that point and so, through questioning and giving feedback and helping a person understand how they're mapping the world, what you're doing is you're taking that chaos and you're helping them make sense of that. And so, um, that, that's what coaching is in a nutshell. And so, if we have a look at um, the kind of key framework. So, so, what I've been at, what I've been sort of working on the last year or so is how do we take what can be a formal coaching program so when I I did um, my coaching session I did my international coaching um, accreditation and it was uh, nine days and it was like from nine in the morning till nine at night and there was like practice 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 which is fine if you want to be a developmental coach but if you just want to kind of have a a coaching um, conversations as part of your toolkit what I wanted to do is kind of look. well how do we distill it how do we start a conversation with someone and help them gain clarity um, uh, through in a conversational way and so during uh, all of my studies and stuff in coaching I um we one of the areas one of the frameworks that we learned was this one now there are as you're probably aware there are a number of coaching frameworks out there and and all of them have got merit. So, you know, if you're already using a coaching framework and normally here I'd ask, is anyone using a coaching framework? So maybe if you are using a coaching framework at the moment, you can pop that in the chat box, if you like, as we go through, just so that we people become aware of different kind of um, uh, coaching processes. Uh, So, the, um, the coaching process, the coaching framework that I use, especially when I'm just having a coaching conversation with people, is this one. And, um, yep, so thanks, Louise. I've heard of the growth model before. Obviously, I found the chat box again. Uh, so this one I really enjoy because it's – if you have a look at it, it's the power model. And it's not about me being powerful as a coach. Da, da, da. It's about me helping the person and supporting the person I'm coaching to um, – become uh, to be able to be clear about what it is they want and how they're going to get that and so it's a power model because it's empowering the other person so the first the first point when you're in a coaching conversation if you realize that coaching is what is the best mode of conversation to have with someone and um, then the first thing to work on is to Why isn't this working? It doesn't matter. It's over here. I'll just try it this way. Yeah, so the P is positive. And so the key as a coach when you're having a coaching conversation with someone is to help them to state what it is that they want from a positive perspective. And by that, what I mean is when I start coaching people, it doesn't matter conversationally or formally in developmental coaching, If I um, speak to somebody and I ask them what they want, generally what people do is they start off with a negative and they'll say something like, I just don't want to have the disagreements in my uh, team meetings anymore. I just don't want that anymore. Well, that's not stated in the positive. That's stated in the negative. Um, And it's stated in the negative. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever planned to get something you don't want, It's really difficult to create that plan I don't want I don't want my team to argue I don't want conflict with my boss I don't want and so the so that's why listening for is so important because that one can slide right through because the person sounds like that's what they want I don't want this and then you'll ask them again okay so you don't want conflict in your team no or what do you want Well, you know, I just don't want them to come to the meeting and start arguing with each other. Uh Uh-huh. What is it you do want? Because that's what you don't want. You told me two times now what you don't want. Can you please describe for me what you do want? And so listening for is really important and also having those great questions um, until the person can state, well, what I want is I want the team to be, uh, I, wanna, I want them to talk, I, wanna, I want them to be in harmony, that's what I want. What you'll notice, if you're really listening for this, is they will go from ah, I don't to, to oh, this is what I want. And you will see a change in body, a change in physiology, a change in tone. And you will know at that point that this is truly what they want. And it's stated in the positive. The second thing that we need to then help the person um, do is check in if they have ownership of the outcome. So again, in, in a coaching conversation, if a person says to you, um, I want I want my boss to connect with me more often. That's what I want. Well, that's stated in the positive, right? I want my boss to connect with me more often. Great, stated in the positive. What we're listening for though, is does the person that you're talking to or coaching, does that person have ownership over that outcome. Now, if you think about it, if I want my boss to have more connection with me, I want my boss to ring me up more often, do I have ownership over that? Yes or no? No. I can't make them do that, it'd be great if I could. But I I personally don't have ownership of that person ringing me more. So you can start to see that just by um, stating something that they want that they really don't have control over, Makes things difficult and frustrating. So, then as a coach, you need to help that person clarify what it is that they want in the positive in a way that they own it. And that's through questions. So, what's important to you about that? What would that achieve for you? How could you do something about that? What actions could you take that would enable you to have more connection with your boss? And so, you're helping them gain ownership over what it is that they want. Otherwise, it's just frustrating. And then um, uh, what, we, what we wanna do is help the person understand what's important to them about what it is they'd like to achieve. If they don't understand why it's important to them or what's important to them about that, they might start out really, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then it just fizzles. And so it's important for you to help them to integrate. Yeah, I'm gonna go and do this by touching into what's important to them about that. Important to them, not about to other, because they might say, um, oh, you know, if I could do that, then my team are gonna think that, you know, I'm great. Well, again, that's external. What's important to you about that? And so making it internal important for them. Um, and then uh, the next uh, one we need to uh, check in. So the E stands for ecology. Now sometimes this term kind of throws people out, um, but it's really um, it's helping a person check in. all right, So you want to have more connection with your boss, yeah. So that's what you want. You can own you having more connection with your boss, yeah. And what's important to you about that is that then you'll have a better idea of where they're going so that you can help them support that. yep, yep, good, right. So let's just check in with the ecology of that. And the ecology is checking in, again, helping them step right out and asking themselves the question. So if I do achieve this, if I am able to state and get what it is that I'm talking to you about, then what is the impact going to be on me, on other people, on the bigger perspective, on the environment, et cetera, et cetera. So we're checking in with the ecology. Because sometimes we think we want something, but when a, when a coach helps us with great questions to really check in with the ecology around that, sometimes we get to a point we go, oh, uh, maybe I don't want that. Because if we, if we take the, I want uh, more connection with my boss scenario, then you can ask the person, so that's important to you because of this, this and this and this, yep. Well, what, what else might happen? Let's check in with the ecology of that. Um, what else could it mean for you? And then, you know, we may uncover that, well, if I have more connection with them, they might give me more work with something like that. So you need to check in with the ecology. You know, if a person says to me, right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the gym at 5.30 a.m. every morning. That's what I'm going to do. I really want to be fit. And I'm going to do, I'm going to get up at 5.30 every morning and go to the gym. Okay. Uh, how is that gonna impact on you? Oh, no problem, what about the family? Oh, that's right, my husband. And so we just check in with the ecology. If we don't ask this question, again, we might get what we want and we haven't actually uh, brought awareness to all the other impacts it might have without us thinking about it. And so checking the ecology allows us to then start taking action about that if we need to. And finally, as a coach, we ask a person, so do you have the resources that you need to do that? Um, And so this could be a yes or no question. And if it's a no question, then we go back to, okay, so what do you need to do in order to get the resources that you need to do that? And so um, I'm just reading, can a person being the manager to another person be an effective coach or better not? I'll come back to that one. That's a good question. And so um, when we, so what we then do is we ask a person, do they have the internal resources that they need? And so, or the external resources that we need, they need. So internal is the the knowledge, the attitude, the behavior. Um, Do they have the kind of calmness that they need? Do they have the fortitude that they need? And then external resources, are things like, um, do they have the time? Do they have the support systems they need around them to go to the gym at 5.30 every morning? Um, Do they have a gym? So so when a person comes to you with uh, something, or if you're having a conversation with someone, have them stated in the positive, ensure that they own it. Ask them what's important to them about that. Check if they got that, what, what would be the other impacts? And then what do they need to go forward from a resource perspective? Uh, so moving through these phases uh, helps you to go through a coaching conversation. Now, having a look at can a person being the manager to another person be an effective coach or better not, it, it's, it depends on, on the area of coaching. As a manager, um, uh, coaching is a, is a skill to have in your toolkit, um, uh, um, as a manager, so as a manager, you would be coaching people on a regular basis. You could be training them, you could be mentoring them, and also you could be coaching them. And you'll know that it's a coaching opportunity when um, a person comes to you and you can see that for them this would be a developmental opportunity, but without you mentoring them, as in, well, uh, normally in this experience, I've done this, which would be mentoring and coaching you could be clear with them if they said to you, look, I really wanna develop myself in this area. Uh, What's important to you about that? Do you own that? Do you have the resources for that? And how is that gonna impact? So uh, I see coaching as being uh, one of the skills in the toolkit of a manager. So thank you for that question. So I just want to ask any comments or questions about the coaching model, because it's it's, uh, it's something that um, to practice. and uh, and if you're moving through these this framework, what can happen sometimes if a person a person will come to you and they go, "Oh my God, you know I can't work with my team anymore, they're driving me nuts, which is where they might start with. As a coach, you then bring it down to specificity. Um, and so you can ask them, Okay, so um, what is it about your team that is driving you nuts? So bring it down to specifics. That's what a coach starts to do, unraveling all that mess. And then, so what is it about your team that's driving you nuts? Now, if someone says to me, they're driving me nuts, is they cashews? Are they almonds? What kind of nuts are we talking about here? And so earlier I said, as a coach, we're working with the map of the other person's territory, how they see the world. If we haven't clarified what nuts they're talking about, we're not gonna be able to coach them. So listening for a person allows you to coach a person to bring specificity to what it is that they would like to achieve. And then by going through these key steps here through the power model, uh, you help them get to a point where they go, right, now now I've got clarity, Now, now I
1: know what to do. Questions or comments about that? And so um,
0: just to to finish off then, the one of the things that I've been talking about and and you may have heard me talking about is the need to listen for. And so when I'm talking about listening for, uh, I wanted to just briefly talk about the fact that we are listening for, and that's that third level of listening here. So, if we're not listening for, we are downloading, which is we're just not really listening. We're kind of nodding our heads and going, yep, 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 yep. That's not, we can't, we can't coach or mentor from that perspective. So, we, then we go to factual. So, factual is just listening for facts, which interests me. That's not coaching or mentoring listening for. So, empathic listening is when we are listening for the other person. And so, when we're mentoring and when we're coaching, that's the level of listening at. Or the other person's map of the world. So that's, in a, that's in, a, in, a, in a nutshell difference between mentoring and coaching. Sarah's given me the wind up. So here are my details. If you're interested in talking to me about mentoring or the Australian Institute of Health and Safety's mentoring program, please get in contact with me. Uh, if you want to talk to me about coaching, feel free to connect. Thanks. Thanks,
1: Sarah. Thanks, everybody, for the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you, Deborah, that was really great. Um, I'm just going to share a couple of uh, links in the chat. Where's the chat gone? Okay, um, for our webinars next week. There's a two actually, um, because everyone wants to share their knowledge. I'll just put those through. And I just reminded that we'll send out an email today to uh, with the recording for this and, and Deborah's contact details, uh, just a moment. Um, So we have a webinar next week on psychosocial risk management and also one on a completely different, a series of webinars on a completely different but very important topic of critical control management. So I'll just put that in the chat. Sorry, there's so many screens and chats. (laughs) All right. So, um, yes, Deborah, thank you very much for that. That was fantastic. We'll send out the email later today. And um, also just if anyone has any topics they want to hear from, we're coming to the end of this year, but uh, for next year, um, just send me an email, let me know, and we'll try to arrange those people. So thanks a lot, Deborah. I hope um, you... um, to enjoy your freedoms better tomorrow all right thank you everyone thanks. thanks a lot
0: sarah thanks
1: everybody see you later thanks bye